Okay, good morning. Glad to have you all here this morning. Let's go ahead and stand so we can open up in prayer and for our first hymn too. Okay. Heavenly Father, we do this. Thank you so much for this day, Lord, the opportunity to be in your house, to come and hear your word preached to us, Lord. We do thank you for it. Thank you for the beautiful weather outside at the moment. And ask you, Lord, to continue just watching over us and helping us all, Lord, to give you the glory for it all. For Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, for our first song, it's a melody. So that's it, turn to number 530 and 531.
our next song. I ask you to turn to 537, and you may be seated. In my heart, there rings a melody. for today. We just have the morning service and the fellowship meal upstairs. And on October 29th, we have a fall festival, the trunk retreat. So it's coming up soon at the end of the month. And go ahead and bring, give you the memory verse. The memory verse now. It's, it's Psalm 119, 73. Get through it twice. Psalm 119, 73. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Psalm 119.73 Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Okay, before our next song, there's another song we need to sing that's not in our hymnals. It's Happy Birthday. And uh, Maxine has a birthday yesterday. So she's going to sing a birthday to, to Maxine this week. <laughs> so, okay, so. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> okay. Does it remind
reminder that October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we would like to encourage you to please take some time to pray specially for Pastor, since he's been going through so much this year. And we ask you also that we will also be having a card shower on October 17th for him, but you can tell him that at any time during the month because it's a Actually, you can tell him that every day of the year because he's such an important person in our lives being our pastor. So we do just thank him for that. And I see this express here that got a two towards him in some way this, this month. Yeah. Okay, for our next hymn, it's as you turn to 593, Jesus will find us watching. Right in the book. Five. Five nine nine is the next one. <laughs> okay. 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 Okay.
That works. Um, I'll let you sit down. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for all of your prayers and um, the texts and the comforting words. It's been a real, real encouragement. So just so you know, we are encouraged, my husband and, and we are both encouraged, but just to let you know now what we did find out from um, the, the test results is that my husband does have cancer um, of the tongue, and so he's going to have surgery on the 14th. So I thought we might need to move that card shower up because he will be in the hospital on the 17th. So the day before... Um, he will be having um, that part removed and um, maybe some plastic surgery. And um, then there's going to be a period of time of, you know, learning to speak again. It seems like we've been through this before, learning to speak again and learning to eat and all that again. Um, but we're not discouraged. I just want you all to know that we are encouraged. God is with us. He is gonna, he's brought us here. He's, he's going to see us through this. I mean, it's easy for me to say because my husband's the one that's 
that's going to have to deal with all the pain and stuff. So, but you all know how to pray for him and encourage him because it is really helping for you to hold us up in, you know, that kind of prayer. And we did tell the doctor, you know, my husband's a pastor. He speaks, you know, and he's like, he says, okay. He says, you know, he gave my husband says, about three months and, you know, you should be able to, you know, speak and, and to eat again. You know, so, you know, just pray towards that kind of healing. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And um, so this is round number two. We went through, I guess we passed, and so we're on to the next. <laughs> and um, so I hope we come through with flying colors. But your holding us up and encouraging us is unbelievably supportive and, and, and the love, and we just feel so encouraged. So um, he will be in the hospital a week to 10 days. Um, so just to let you know that, and um, then we'll go from there, and we'll just keep you updated. And if you want to know more, you can talk to me privately. But I think, you know, God is going to help us. So I want to share this verse with you because it's so meaningful to me. In 2 Corinthians 4.15, therefore we do not lose heart. Another great word for hope. You know, as believers, we don't lose hope. Uh, we don't give up. So, I, you know, my husband, you've had him as a pastor for 20 It'll be 26 years this November, and he's not, a, he's not a quitter. If he was a quitter, he would have quit a long time ago. I'm here to tell you. There was a lot of things that we would have said, you know, we're out of here. So I'm just so encouraged by him, and now I get to be the one, you know, the, the strong one behind him because he's always been that for me and, and for the church. He just, you know, he just keeps his eyes on the Lord and keeps going, and I'm sure this is what he's going to do through this too. You know, we're going to keep our eyes on the Lord, and we're going to keep going. So, we don't give up, we don't become swallowed up in hopelessness, even though our outward man is perishing, we know that, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So, every day, the real us is growing stronger. So, we're going to have mighty muscles. <laughs> and, um, boy, I tell you, I'm, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants here, and I hope you don't mind, but... The Lord has given me a song I was singing the other night, and I just really felt impressed to share with you. So it may not, may not be perfect. I haven't, yikes, I haven't practiced it um, here at the church or anything. I've just sung it to the Lord at home, and, and I just really felt that the Lord leading me to say, you know, just, just share it so I can conquer my nerves here and do this. Um, let's see how it goes. May the Lord be praised.
children were to be dismissed. All right, so the children can be dismissed. Again, good, good morning, and I uh, just wanted to share a couple things quickly. I'm very thankful I have the opportunity to be able to, to share this morning. And that song that we sang just a little while ago, and one of the um, verses in there says, To look on him and pardon me. And that dovetails into what I'm going to be sharing, and I'm just um, thankful for that and to be able to... Uh, um, be able to share the good news, and of all things, if what I want to be able to do this morning is to lift up the name of Jesus, and who looked on him and pardoned me. So that's, our, that's what we want to do is exalt Jesus, our Savior. Um, so I just wanted to, to share that, and because um, Jesus had said in John 12, 32, um, he said, and if I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So that's what, that's what we want to be able to do here. And I'm just uh, standing down here this morning because I do have a couple of slides I wanted to incorporate. So that's why I'm, I'm down here. We'll get that in a minute. But um, one thing I just, uh, before we really get underway, kind of um, one thing I'd like to share is that uh, for those of us that go on the road or make road trips, kind of like to know where you're going ahead of time and then also um, how you're going to get there. And then once you get there, what's the purpose of you going there and what are you going to do? So just real quickly, we're going to be um, going through the letter to Philemon this morning. And the main point that I'd like to be able to bring out is to that point of that um, God's um, redemption work in how, through the example of Onesimus, um, we see, and Paul's example, I'll get into that in a minute, but um, just how um, Jesus has taken our place and paid the penalty for our sins. Um, so I'd just like to uh, we'll open with a word of prayer. Lord God, we do thank you for this opportunity to be here. Thank you. God, that you are a good and awesome God, and though there are times we don't fully understand what goes on, we do pray that we'd keep our eyes focused on you, and I pray for this morning that Jesus would be lifted up, and that those that don't know him as our personal Savior would put their trust in him, and those of us that are uh, on this road of life, that um, we would be used of you in whatever way you have for us. Help us to be attentive to that, and again, we thank you. Um, for this opportunity to be here and worship you freely. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, I've titled this, um, Where Are You on the Road of Life? Um, so, How do we um, restart it? It went to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Sorry about that. Um, okay. All right, so on our, um, being that when we travel, we see a lot of different road signs. So there's a few things that um, I'd like to, to share as we, we go through this. We can see um, Paul kind of um, encourages Philemon, speaks highly of him, that uh, he's doing the work and refreshing believers. Uh, we also... Um, see others that Paul will list that are the doing the work of God. So, uh, and then also we see um, Onesimus turning his heart and his life over to God. So, um, there's some things along the road of life, and we'll see a few different signs to help us remember that as we go. But um, a few other points to, um, to mention that we'll look at and we'll see in this is the um, aspect of forgiveness uh, throughout this letter and how important and vital that is to our Christian walk and um, importance of prayer. And as uh, Cynthia had mentioned and requested that we remember pastor in our prayers in each of us. And we'll see that, how Paul lived that out and Philemon also. Um, so what I'd like to do is if you would turn to Philemon, it's not that long. We're going to read the whole book. It's a letter. Um, it's not that long, but if you follow along with me, that way we'll get the flow of it. Um, and that way we can um, really, uh, we pray that we walk away with something here today. So it starts, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Acrippus, our fellow soldier in, in the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. 
Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers, I will be graciously given to you. Epaphrasus, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. And so do Mark, Aristocrucus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So just a quick little um, background on this. Paul wrote this to Philemon, who was in Colossae. And Paul is believed to be under house arrest in Rome when he wrote this. And Philemon was holding church in his house. Um, he was a prominent member of the church. He appears to be a well-to-do businessman because he was able to have slaves and hold a church in his house and also have a house big enough to have a guest room so he can, you know, Paul was looking forward to, to coming there. Um, and Philemon became a, um, a follower of Christ, a believer, from Paul's teaching. And this was possibly when Paul was in Ephesus for two years. And that's through Acts chapter 19 that we, we see that. And it was written at the same time as a letter to Colossians. And it was um, brought over at that time and delivered by Tychius and Onesimus. Onesimus helped, you know, went with Tychius, and we'll see why. Um, and the main event of the letter... Um, amongst a few other very important points, is that um, Onesimus was a runaway slave, and in God's providence, he met up with Paul and put his trust in Jesus as a savior and became very helpful to, to Paul. But because of the Roman law, Paul couldn't keep him. He had to kind of send him back um, to his owner. So um, that's kind of a quick you know, background on that. Um, so as we progress along the road of life, we see um, that there's a, a work zone. We, we got a lot of people working here. And um, one we see as, um, as Paul kind of commended Philemon um, of the job well done that he's been doing. And this I found very interesting how Paul wrote this letter. He was kind of, um, you know, his main objective we'll see was to have Philemon receive Onesimus back because under, under the law, a runaway slave is punishable by death if the owner so chose and severe punishment. So Paul is doing a great job of, um, you know, it wasn't uh, vain flattery. It was true that the things that he's complimenting Philemon of that he actually did. Many times, you know, he refreshed the brothers and all. So we see Philemon, he was, he was busy doing God's work, um, Edifying believers, refreshing the hearts of the others, um, providing for others. Um, we see Aphia, his wife, who was a very big support and help because back then that was the hospitality and hold the church. You know, I'm sure she was very busy doing a lot of things. And Acrippus, he Paul calls him his fellow soldier for for Jesus. Um, we see Paul himself, just in the fact that uh, Paul was still sharing the good news no matter what his circumstance was. When he was in, you know, Onesimus, he shared the good news when he was on the, in, in prison, um, house arrest. Um, and throughout Paul's, you know, he's still praying. That's a very uh, important part as well as the work. Um, so Paul was very active in what he was doing. And then... Um, 
Epaphras. And Epaphras is um, the gentleman that they believe started the church in Colossae, because Paul never got there. But they believe that um, when he was in Ephesus with Paul, that that's when he became a believer, and he went back to Colossae and, and, and started the, the church there. And we read in Colossians 1, verse 5 and 6, um, he's talking about the good news which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. Because he's come from um, Colossae over to you know, visit Paul. Um, and also in Colossians 4, Paul writes this, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Herlopolis. So again, that's um, someone that we see um, really involved in God's work and, and going on as we pass through this work zone. And then Onesimus, he was very helpful for, um, for Paul. I mean, we see what Paul wrote about him and how... Um, he wanted to keep him there to help him. And also um, Mark. And this Mark is John Mark. He's cousin of Barnabas. And he's the one that wrote the gospel of Mark. But um, we'll get back to that because there's a very important thing I'd like to share about that as um, how he was very helpful to, to Paul as well. And again, the, um, the aspect of prayer being something we really got to lay hold of. And it's, it's very vital effect our walk with God. And we see that through Paul's life. He lived um, a life of prayer. And as it says in verse 4, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Um, you know, and we read that in the other epistles as well, how much he was always praying um, for those that he's concerned for and writing to. Um, and he shares in Colossians chapter 4, he says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. And that's a prayer I have, too, that you pray that anytime I share, we share clearly and as we ought to. So I'm thankful that Paul showed me that, too. Um, so as we, we go through the work zone, then we come down the road um, and we... Uh, we see another sign. It's a U-turn. This is where we, uh, we see the conversion of uh, Onesimus. And this is a great picture um, of what Jesus has done for us. Because as we read that um, when Paul was saying, you know, if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And what a picture that is of what Jesus, um, we come before God in Jesus' righteousness. He sees Jesus, not us. And that he said that he, he went to the cross and paid the penalty for our sins. So I always like that, that just that analogy, there, that picture there of what, you know, the gospel message 
in that in that way and um you know and onesimus is an example of a life that was totally transformed by the grace of god you know runaway slaves as i mentioned you know could have severe punishment uh, even death so we see that um, jesus reconciled us to god and i always like to say god allows u-turns so uh we want to remember that. And it's interesting to see uh, the change in Onesimus' life. Paul kind of has a little play on words with uh, Onesimus' name. So Onesimus means useful. And in verse 11, he says, Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. You know, so it's just kind of another re- reminder, um, the change that takes place. Um, so uh, one other thing, you know, as you, you go down along the road, sometimes you've got to um, pull off on the shoulder, you know, for, um, if you've got to check something out or um, to look at something. So in this case, we're going to pull off to the shoulder, but we're not taking a rabbit trail. I just wanted to point out something that um, I found very interesting here is how our motives for why we do things affect other people. And... Um, when um, Paul was sending Onesimus back to Philemon because it was the right thing to do and plus as a believer Onesimus was very helpful in furthering God's kingdom so here we see that um, Onesimus along with Tychius brought the letter his actual letter going back to his owner not knowing what he was going to face but Paul was you know, praying that, you know, Philemon would do the right thing, forgive this fellow brother now, and um, avoid the harsh punishment that he could receive. And um, as a result, because we see that's what he did, that Onesimus was very helpful and encouraged um, people in their faith and their walk in their life. Now, I contrast that with another gentleman that... um, carried a letter to his superior um, and was ultimately put to death. And that was Uriah the Hittite. And we look in 2 Samuel chapter 11. This was when David was going through a dark time in his life. Um, In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In the letter, he wrote, Station Uriah in the thick of the battle and then withdraw from him so he will be cut down and killed. So as Joab kept watch on the city. He stationed Uriah at the place where he knew the best enemy soldiers were. When the men of the city came out and fought with Joab, some of David's soldiers fell in battle. Uriah the Hittite also died. So we see as a result of David's wickedness and selfishness, Uriah died. In the case of Onesimus, with Philemon's forgiveness and all, that many people were encouraged for life. And it was just a reminder that, you know, selfishness most always leads to destruction. Um, But as we were talking about U-turns, David didn't stay there. David's heart was, because God says he's a man after my own heart. And I just want to share from, as we, you know, I know you all know this, but I wanted to share this from Psalm 51. This is what David wrote when he was confronted by um, 
Nathan the prophet about what happened here and what he did. And this is when David's heart was broken. This is what he wrote. And it's important that God preserve this for us. And we can um, read that. And it's a picture of anyone that's truly repentant. We want to call out to God. So in Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you only, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with your willing spirit. Then I will treat Teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, O God of my salvation. And my tongue will sing and aloud and of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. So there again we see the essence of a true U-turn. Um, and, and David exemplified that in, in his life there. So we got to get back on the road again, uh, off the shoulder and keep moving. So uh, another sign that we see as you're going down the road is a yield sign. And... Um, this here is, uh, to me, is a very important part um, that we see through this letter, but also for throughout the New Testament, um, the concept of forgiveness um, is very important. And we see, first of all, God um, forgives us. You know, we are to forgive others. Um, I know it's very difficult at times, but it's really the litmus test of true Christianity. I think that if we can forgive others, you know, um, the idea is yield our selfishness to God's ways. You know, are we yielding our will to God's? Are we willing to forgive someone for the sake of the unity of the body of believers? So uh, we see, you know, the example that God has forgiven us. He expects us to forgive others. Uh, Philemon and Onesimus, right? Uh, Philemon's response to Paul's request would give another opportunity to reveal his true character. And we see what Paul complimented him of in verse 6. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of saints have been refreshed through you. So now, you know, Philemon has another opportunity to really live that out. Um, and also, as I mentioned before, um, Paul with Mark. Um, and if we remember back in Acts 13, 
that's when Mark was with Paul on a journey and then he bailed out. He didn't want anything to do with him anymore. He just jumped ship, so to speak, um, and didn't want to carry on. And in Acts 15, this is a, um, when they were, Paul was getting ready to go on another missionary journey with Barnabas. Barnabas wanted to take him. So this is what it says in Acts 15. Now, Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. So we see that there was a point there where you know, Paul didn't want anything to do with him. But as we see in Philemon, he mentions him. And a lot of times it's very interesting what's behind the scenes when you just read a word or something in a letter. Because when you think about the people that he's complimenting and encouraging, just think what was going on there with Mark. How before Paul didn't want anything to do with him. Now he's very helpful to, to Paul. And he mentions that in Colossians 4.10 and in 2 Timothy when Paul was writing to Timothy towards the end of his life, this is what he says in chapter 4. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. So there was that reconciliation there. I think Paul yielded his, his ways and forgave Mark for um, you know, what he did. And just real quick, um, something I found uh, you know, very interesting with this is well, what was the change in Mark besides Paul forgiving him? Um, I think um, one thing that's very important, and when we talk about what the others were in the work zone, what they were doing and in investing in lives of others, it was reported that Peter had a great influence in Mark's life. And it's interesting when you think of Peter, Peter was one that failed. He let down Jesus big time. And here he's grown, matured, God has used him, and now Peter, because Peter in chapter First um, Peter five thirteen, he calls when he's again final final greetings. He says, you know, to mark my son. So it's like he took him as a spiritual son that he mentored him and, and helped him, you know, get back on track. Um, I just find that you know very interesting because um, Peter had helped Mark a lot in writing the gospel. Of Mark, but I just found it very interesting that there's another picture of someone investing in their life to help someone that was struggling, and look at how God used that, that he was such a big help to Paul. Um, so that's uh, that. And um, while we're on the side of the road on the shoulder, I just want to mention one other thing. Um, God knows our motives. And something where when Paul was um, writing this letter to Philemon, and he mentioned the idea of... Um, that he didn't want it, um, verse 14, you know, but I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. And we know that um, God wants us to do things out of 
reverence and love for him for the difference that he's made in our life. And we see that also in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 when Paul is talking about giving and all, but the same idea, the same concept. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So um, we want to remember our motives for why we do things and all, and, and we want to be doing that out of reverence and love for God for the change that he's made in our heart. Um, so now we, we keep moving, going down the road, we see another sign. Um, I've seen these a lot. Um, <clears throat> emergency pull-off. Um, so as we've seen this brief letter, um, Philemon and his wife were helping with the church in Colossae. Onesimus was assisting Paul with his work, and even Paul helping Philemon with the dilemma of what he should do with Onesimus. You know, how, how he should receive him. How are we being used of God to help others? You know, are we too busy going down the road that we don't even notice those that are on the shoulder? Um, are we upholding others in prayer? Very important, especially at this time for, for Pastor and Cynthia and their family. Uh, very important that we, we do that and don't forget that. And um, um, we bring others before the throne of our Almighty Father. Um, both how Paul and Philemon exemplified that um, in their lives. Um, so one other thing I just wanted to point out in this that we see kind of not addressed specifically, but we see through Paul's actions how he did um, was the idea of dealing with a social injustice, um, the issue of slavery. Um, Paul focused more on sharing the good news of what God has done for us by sending Jesus to pay our sin debt so that we can be set free from our old sin nature and live according to God's principles. Paul showed that when people's hearts are changed, conditions will change. Because as believers, we serve the same master. And he shared this in Ephesians chapter 6 when he was um, writing to all different aspects of, um, you know, Husbands, wives, children, slaves, masters. And he says, bond servants, obey your earthly master with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there's no partiality with him. So, as we, you know, we see that in our time, we know with a lot of, you know, the social injustice going on and different things in our culture, and we think, oh, how is that all going to change? I just want to kind of remind us that, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2.2, 2, for I decide to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And if we share that good news and people's lives are changed, then a lot of the ills of our society will be changing as well. Um, so to kind of uh, get as we get closer to our destination of where we're going, um, 
Sometimes we see the rest area. Sometimes we're in the rest area. Um, sometimes we stay in the rest area a little too long. Um, so I just want to share that, um, you know, as we go along the road of life and see many different road signs, in this case, we've seen multiple people hard at work to further God's kingdom, a person making a U-turn and live um, a productive life and also notice the effects of yielding one's will to forgive others. Question I have is, so what? So what? What difference does it make? Um, what difference does it make that we read someone's mail? Um, you know, James tells us that um, to do what it says. James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And we remember also what Jesus has said many times after the parables, when, um, such as in Luke chapter 8, after telling the parable, you know, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Another way of translating that, and, you know, it's much more, I think, you know, as they say in the Greek, it's much more emphatic of what Jesus was saying. is like, you had better heed this instruction. You know, so we got to take into, put into practice what we learn, what we hear. Um, so from what we've gleaned from this letter, I see multiple times, and especially in the area of relationships, relationship, our personal relationship with God, right? You know, my question is, if Jesus is not your Lord and Savior, make a U-turn and receive Jesus today. You know, very important that that relationship of all is established. Um, with fellow believers, you know, are we expressing sincere love, forgiveness? Are we building each other up? And if not, why not? You know, what's something you can begin doing this week to, to build up, to do the work, to get in the work zone, as we've seen our sign? Um, how are we being accountable in our relationships to each other? And just a reminder, this was not just a personal letter to Philemon, because others were mentioned in it in the beginning and the end, the closing of the letter. And Philemon's actions as a leader affect the entire church body. So, you know, we've got to be careful of what, how we respond and things we do. It affects others. Uh, and again, just kind of, you know, bring it full circle, the idea of forgiveness. It's a vitally important aspect of our Christian life. And Ephesians 4:31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And also in the letter that Paul sent to um, Colossians chapter 3, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So I just see through this short letter is full of uh, 
you know, golden nuggets. And as we travel through, you know, as we see the work zone, those that are busy, those that needed a, a U-turn and change their life, put their life in God's hands. And, and then the whole idea of Christian fellowship and the forgiveness aspect, are we yielding our, our selfishness, our wills to God's ways so that his kingdom will be furthered um, and will be part of that. So with that, I'd like to close in prayer. And then we'll, all right. Lord God, we do thank you uh, for this day. Thank you, God, for the short time to be able to share good news from your word. Thank you most of all that you sent Jesus to pay the penalty for our sins, that we can spend eternity in your presence. Help us to live that out, to show that to you in the way that we live with our, our hearts of gratitude and building up um, the body of believers and sharing good news with those that don't know you yet. And I pray for the strength to do those hard things of um, yielding our selfishness to your ways that we would be able to forgive others and, um, and just be used of you and whatever you have for us. Again, we thank you for this day. We look forward to this coming week and we pray for pastor and his health and that you would touch his body and give the doctors wisdom and um, all that goes on there and that uh, he'd be restored to good health um, very soon. We give you thanks for this, knowing that you are able to do all things. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you want to see?